Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk all things WTA and handicap the WTA. I'm Noops, and joining me as always from the other side of the country, and what I assume is sunny Sacramento, a little bit later than normal. We didn't have to get him up super early this morning, folks, so he's probably not drinking a rock star. How's it going, Spread? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I enjoyed the final this morning, and uh, I'm ready to knock out the pod. Well, we'll apologize to the listeners. I think Spread might just be a touch under the weather, um, and hopefully he'll do his best. But I think you sound all right. How are you feeling? Uh, I'll definitely be able to do well for here. Well, that's good. Unfortunately, Jorge can't make it today. He uh, was celebrating his grandfather's, I believe, 94th birthday and um, may or may not have had a couple extra glasses of wine. So he's at home relaxing, probably watching some tennis or um, watching this NBA skills competition where if anyone is watching this, Ludacris is standing on a box in front of a national audience, I guess, so his head is closer to Anthony Davis's or whatever. This is very interesting. (laughs) But let's get into some tennis. We had a great week in Doha, like you mentioned. The final this morning was really, really entertaining. Elise Mertens, who had just a tremendous week, um, beat Simona Halep in what was a really interesting three-set match. Halep came out kind of on fire. Um, At some point during the second set, um, shortly after an Elise Mertens medical timeout, seemed to tweak something to get a little tired. I, I don't know kind of what happened. It was really, really, um, it was odd. The match completely changed. What did you think, Spread? I know you were up early watching. I think she hurt herself. Um, she it definitely looked like her movement went down. Um, her confidence uh, and her own abilities went down, and the type of the way she was playing changed. She went from you know, Simona Wall, just get the ball back to trying to end the points and being a little more aggressive, um, which is a fun style to watch, but that's not the style that Simona Hallett plays. So I definitely think she hurt herself, and we'll be uh, we'll be touching on that as we preview Dubai. Totally agree, and it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about that change in style because I noticed the same thing, and I was thinking about it while you were talking about it. It's a really good indication of, of whether or not a player is hurt is when they – you know, especially someone who plays an all-around-the-court style like Simona Halep when they start to stand still and just really try to hit winner after winner after winner from a standstill position. It's uh, it's surprising to see, and it's a stark difference in play, and we definitely saw that with Simona. So um, hopefully she's okay, and, and we'll get her back to her peak form because she did play some really good matches this week. But uh, most important— Yeah, and sometimes it can indicate fatigue, but I thought in this case when you combined it with her movement— um, kind of decreasing. It was it was obvious. It was more uh, of an actual physical injury than uh, mental or physical fatigue. Totally agree. Um, but what a fantastic week from Elise Mertens, a young player who seems to be um, forcing her way into the conversation as to as one of the top players in this sport. She's had a really nice start to the year. Um, I'm actually going to pull that up right now. But spread. What did you think of Elise Mertens this week? Does she look like someone who has a chance to be a, a top five, top ten player in the WTA? Definitely. And I was happy to finally hit an outright here on the Net Worth Pod. So. Um, that definitely made me feel good watching the match. Um, I didn't even hedge out of it at the end there. I thought that uh, Elise had a good chance to do it. And, um, you know, she looked great. She doesn't really have a lot of power, but she controls angles well. And she can dial up a serve here and there when need be. But, you know, really her main strength is her defense. Um, she does very well to get the ball back. And when Simona... Um, kind of slipped as far as her activity level you definitely could see that she um you know brought up her defensive game to a higher level and that was what allowed her to get the victory so it's interesting to hear you talk about her power i always feel you know more powers is is more better but it's kind of having a the right baseline do you think she has enough power to be really competitive or is she going to be someone that, that gets held back by her lack of power no because You don't need power from behind the baseline. What you need to do is when you come in on the short shots, you need to put them away. And she's able to do that on the forehand side especially. I think her backhand, um, as far as being an attacking backhand, can use a little work. But on the forehand side, if you give her a short ball, um, she's very good at at putting it away or at least giving it uh, to a point where she continues the aggression in the point. So... Uh, I definitely think that she has the necessary ability because she has the ability to attack short balls. And so while she does lack, you know, devastating power from behind the baseline, when she puts away those short balls, she's tough to beat. She really is. It was a really impressive week looking at her 
path to the final here. One of the more impressive paths to the finals that I've seen in a while. Katarina Siniakova in the first round. Um, Christina Pliskova, a lucky loser there in the second round. But then Kiki Burton's Angelique Kerber, Simona Halep. Um, three of the biggest wins of her career, if not the three biggest wins of her career right there. Um, really impressive week from her. Was there anything else that stood out to you in Doha this week, Spread Anything that Well, I also down? think... I also think she got a little bit lucky. I don't think Kiki Burton's was 100%. I think that's a good matchup for her anyways. But I didn't. that wasn't 100% Kiki Burton's. I don't think Kerber's at the form that she needs to be right now to compete at the top level. So she didn't beat, you know, the best version of Kerber. And then um, the best version of Halep did look to be beating her today. It wasn't until she kind of slowed down. But, um, you know... It does take some luck. It does take some favorable draws, and I think that she got that this week. She really did. Um, looking through the tournament, I was trying to see what else kind of stood out here. Um, your very favorite, Helena Ostapenko, looked really nice in a three-set win over uh, Mihaila Buzarnescu. What did you think of her? Uh, I was actually more impressed with how close she played Svitolina. Um, actually, that's a good matchup for Ostapenko, the Svitolina matchup, so I was disappointed that she lost, but she was able to keep it close, and it was a respectable showing. And um, she didn't give up. So um, I'm actually thinking that this is a step in the right direction for her. I think she's starting to get healthy, and uh, she might be able to make a run on the uh, the European swing after our, our Sunshine Double. Yeah, I'm excited for her to see her play this week in Dubai. I think she showed some flashes of what once was her, her brilliance and hopefully comes back pretty soon. Um, flipping through here, anything else that stuck out, stuck out to you um, here, Spread? Yes, the Gorgage, uh, Gorgas Hallett match. Yeah, that was a great match. I thought that was a very, very tough loss for Gorgas. The rare double tiebreaker in WTA. <clears throat> yeah. And she she was so close, and she played great, and Hallett was just able to win those key points. The first tiebreak wasn't close. The second one was... And uh, I really thought that was a tough loss for Gorgas. So it'll be interesting to see how she mentally rebounds. Um, just mentally, that, that that was a tough loss. If you watched her play, she almost looked like she was outplaying Simona, and Simona almost outwitted her or just was better on the big points. Uh, that was my favorite match of the tournament to watch, even though it was only two-setter. And, uh, boy, I was rooting for Gorgas and really disappointed she wasn't able to do it. It was a great match. That's one I think we'll remember for the rest of the year. Again, you hardly ever see tie breaks in the WTA, but when you do, you know, there were some pretty big comebacks back and forth, and that match featured just some really, really wonderful tennis. Um, nothing else for me. Anything else you want to talk about here before we wrap up Doha? That's it for Doha. Let's move on. Awesome. We'll dive into Dubai. There's actually two tournaments this week. There's another one in Budapest, but um, we're actually going to do another quick pod tomorrow to preview Budapest. We think we'll get a chance to have our buddy Jorge join us. Um, And we don't quite have a draw yet, so thanks to timing. Let's dive into Dubai first here. We have just a jam-packed field. Um, This is one of the bigger premier events. If we look back historically, last year, Alina Svitolina beat Daria Kasatkina. The year before, Svitolina beat Caroline Wozniacki. Uh, the year before that, Sarah Arani beat Barbara Stritzova. Um, we got Simona Halep beating Carolina Pliskova in 2015. Um, so some really, really great finals as you start to look back here. And I won't go all the way back, but they're just, yeah, every year we see two top players. So it's a big tournament. It's a great field. Really excited here. So what sticks out to you, Spread? We'll, uh, we'll start maybe in the top half and then go down to the bottom half since we've got um, 64 instead of 32 this week. Um, so what do you see in the top half? We've got Naomi Osaka in there. We've got my very favorite arena, the Amazonian warrior, Sabalanka. What do you see? All right. So I think the number one story for the top half will be this is Naomi's first tournament. So it's the, uh, the, the coaching split that rocked tennis Twitter. I know that I didn't see it coming personally and um, was very surprised. You know, when we did our year-end wrap-up pods, we were very complimentary of the work they had done together. And um, if you would have told us then that they were going to split, you know, we would have been just about as surprised as we were when the actual news came out. So I think there will be a little bit of pressure on Naomi here to perform um, since this is pretty much her first tournament. And it'll be interesting to see how she handles uh, the media attention surrounding the split. So uh, I definitely think that Naomi is the story and uh, to watch in this top half. Totally agree. And she's got kind of a nice draw. I'm looking at it right now. 
Um, a buy in the fir- first round, she gets probably Kiki Maldenovich in the second round, no issues there. Probably looking at a net contivate in the third round, no problems there whatsoever. Fourth round, maybe Alina Svitolina, maybe Diana Stremska, but no problems there. So she kind of has a walk into, uh, what is that, the semifinals? Um, I'm seeing her at four and a half to one here at Bovada. Is that enough value for you to get interested, Spread? No. I don't think so either, to be honest. It's <laughs> I, tough at, in a tournament this big with this much talent to take anyone four and a half to one. Those four and a half to ones, we get into what we talked about last week, where you might as well just do the rolling parlay, I think. Um, because I don't think, I don't know. Four and a half to one just doesn't seem a lot for an outright in a, in a loaded field like this and in a. You know, the WTA where, you know, going to any tournament, 10 different women have a good chance to win. Okay. Do you see any value at all from an outright perspective here in the top half? Again, a lot of big names and um, not too difficult of a draw. So any names interest you from an outright perspective here? Um, looking at looking at some of the names here, we've got Svitolina, the two-time defending champion at 10 to 1. Um, we haven't talked about her at all, actually. Um Caroline Wozniacki playing. It's tough to evaluate her this year, but from a value perspective, anybody in the top half stick out is interesting? Those were the two I was going to mention. I think that when you've won the title twice there, you're obviously um, you know, accustomed to the courts, accustomed to the conditions, and you can build off your previous success. I think Spitalina offers a lot of value at 10 to 1, and um, Wozniacki at, uh, at 25 to 1, I mean, you're telling me she has the, the same chance as Sevastova to win? I think she has a much better chance. Um, I think she's got a better chance than Burton's, who's at 20 to 1. And they put her at the same as Muguruza as well. So I think Wozniacki is the other one where value is presented. Um, I think that I will lay off Woz, though, because of the, uh, you know, her dealing with her medical condition. I don't really know what to expect from her. But um, Svitolina might be worth, look a work, uh, worth a look. At 10 to 1. Here. I kind of do like that too. The one that stuck out to me was Arena, the Amazonian warrior, Princess Sabalenka at 12 to 1. Um, this to me just seems like a line totally based off um, her performances this year to date. Um, she hasn't had a great year, hasn't won a lot of matches, but she's played a lot of really tough opponents, and I don't think that she's had a chance to really get in a tournament where she can get a round or two under her belt and start to feel pretty good about herself. She gets the buy in round one here, looking at you know maybe Sarah Ronnie, maybe Ivana Jurovic in the second round, and possibly Caroline Wozniacki, who's obviously very good, but that's a match that ends up being on Sabalenka's racket. If she's hitting hitting the ball with power and accuracy, she should be able to beat um, Caroline Wozniacki. And then you're looking at probably a matchup with... Uh, maybe Simona Halep, who should be tired or maybe possibly injured still at that point. And Elise Mertens, who could be tired. So 12 to 1, I really feel like she should be in kind of the top group. I was expecting to see her at that 7, 8, maybe 9 to 1 number. So I think I'm definitely going to grab some Sabalenka here at um, 12 to 1. What do you think? I'm not jumping in with you, and I'll tell you why. I think that um, the problems presented by her draw, I actually don't really like it that much because... Number one, her form hasn't been 100%. And who would be the players that would take advantage of that? That would be the retrievers, the great defenders. And looking at the draw, I'm thinking that she's going to play either Woes or then the winner of, you know, most likely the Mertens Halepery match. And so that means she's going to have to be, you know, she gets the she gets the easy uh, entry into the third round. But then to beat Woes and either Halep or Mertens, um, it's going to take two perfect matches, and I just haven't seen that from her yet this year. So, um, you know, if she's able to do it, you know, more power to her. But I'm not going to put any money uh, on her just assuming that she will turn things around. I'm going to wait till I see some evidence that she's turning things around. Since you made fun of something that I like, I just want to offer my condolences as De'Aaron Fox gets knocked out of the uh, skills competition here on <laughs> NBA All-Star Night. So that's that's fair play. But I, I understand what you're saying. She's, she's had a tough year. I guess really at the end of the day, I don't expect peak Wozniacki. I don't expect peak Halep or Mertens. I, I think they're both Halep and Mertens coming off long weeks. But we'll see how it goes. See, I think that early in the tournament, you can get peak, peak Wozniacki. I think that's rougher for Sabs than if she ran into her in the semis or the final. I'd so that, that's my worry about that one. And I mean, who knows? If, you don't even, if, if peak Wozniacki doesn't show up, I, I, I bank it, she could beat her. You know, and that would be great for Sabalenka in my mind because I think she matches up with Benchik a lot better than Wozniacki. Yeah, I mean, it's a much different level um, of talent there too. 
Yeah, so uh, that'll be interesting, but I'm going to stay away from it. But we'll definitely keep an eye on it because, um, you know, not only is she her favorite player, but when she hits the ball like that, she's really one of the most fun she players really to watch. So 12 to 1 on Sabalenka for me. It sounds like you're grabbing Spitz at 10 to 1 and Wozniacki at 25 to 1. I'm going to lay okay. off Wozniacki. I just wanted to point that out to the listeners that might be feeling a little more brave. Um, that that's something that they could look at if they were looking for more of long shot All style right. odds. Uh, I personally won't be doing it though. I'm doing. I'll do Spitz, and then we'll be talking about our bottom draw that I'll. Yeah, dive in. into the bottom here, spread. What do you see here? It sounds like you've got something. You're ready, ready to talk about. I think that we are very close to peak Petra, and I do not want to get in her way. I'm not talking about Petra Martic either. I'm talking about Petra Kvitova, and um, the way she's played, you know. Um, Looked fantastic in um, in the Australian Open, of course. Followed that up with the St. Petersburg, where she did not withdraw, and she met her commitment, and she ran into fatigue issues against Vekic, and I don't really consider that that bad a loss. She took a week off, and now she is ready to roll, and uh, I really expect Kvitova to do things here. Um, so I like Petra Kvitova coming out of this bottom. I know it's chalky, but that's yeah, what I'm seeing. It's 7-1. It's it's not so bad. She's a similar draw to what we laid out for Osaka, who's only at 4.5-1. You know, buying the first round here, Petra Martic, Jasinia Kova in the second round. Quality players, but should be a problem for Kvitova at all when she gets there. Her uh, next there in the third round, probably Pavel Yuchenkova, maybe Ostapenko. Again, nice quality players, but no one that should really give Kvitova too much trouble. Then she's probably looking at Kiki Burton to get into the semifinals. I think it's a it's a great draw for her, and at seven to one, I'm interested in that. And I think Kiki's a great matchup for. Her. I don't have the head to head in front of me, but I think Kiki's a really good matchup for her on hard courts. I struggle with Kiki Burton's. Obviously, for anyone that, that follows me, I haven't won, won a, yeah. I won my first <laughs> uh, bet in a match involving Kiki Burton's last week when Elise Merton's better, and I mean my first. Like in two to three years of betting on tennis, I haven't. I've only won one match involved, one bet in a match involving Kiki Burton. So looking at the head-to-head here, spread they played in Cincinnati, three sets. Kiki wins. They played in Montreal, two sets. Oh Kiki yeah, win. but that was that um, was. Right, that's what I mean, playing at her very best. They played on clay in Madrid last year. Kvitova won. I'll right? throw that out because Kiki's a clay well, that's specialist. It. Yeah, Kvitova really? actually beat her in three sets, 7-6, Yeah, um, And then clay, they played huh? Wimbledon wow. in 2015. Kvitova blew her away to no surprise, but that's a little old. So, you know, guys, head-to-head is always really interesting. We, we look at it. Sometimes we care about it. Sometimes we don't. Honestly, a lot of times we find head-to-head gives you the opportunity to get a really nice price on things. Um, anybody that was following this week, I, I think Jorge and I, I know I was, I think Jorge was too on Simona Halep against Fidelina where we had a chance to get Simona Halep at minus 130 simply because of the um, the head-to-head there. So, interesting. Kvitova, Burton's, but I'm totally on board. I like Kvitova at 7-1. Um, any other names to stick out to you here in the bottom? Yeah, I think Pliskova's got a good shot here. Um, I don't think I'll be back in her. What did we say that her uh, number nine was? Nine to one. She's sitting at nine to one, which doesn't strike out as a lot of value. But if we're on here next week discussing uh, Pliskova winning this thing, I wouldn't be super surprised. I would be surprised either. But at nine to one, coming off a week where she had to withdraw for being sick, I'm not. Um, not interested to get behind her either. Um, not too much in the bottom half that I liked here. There was, uh, you know, Kvitova at 7-1. I'm on board with that. Again, not too much else. You know, the, the sort of the third quarter there, um, a lot of really big names and a lot of landmines to avoid. Hard to suss out too much value there. Um, I was looking at, and tell me what you think about this, Sophia Kennan is 200-1 to 1 to win. I don't think Sophia Kennan is actually probably going to win here, but I do think that she has a chance to beat Buzarnescu. She has a chance to beat Kasukina, and then comes into a match with Kiki Burton's where, um, I don't know, Spread, what do you think? Could Would you be totally surprised if Sophia Kennan uh, beat Kiki Burton's? Nope. So I think it's it's, it's a chance like at two hundred to one if you have a cash out book or you've got the the right balance and um, 
you know, money in your account to do a, a big hedge if she gets to Burton's or Kvitova. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Sophia Kennan and probably end up hedging out of that, um, depending on how Burton's looks in her first two matches. I'll either let it ride there and hedge out when she gets to Kvitova. But I like that. And then one I actually skipped in the top half, Lesia Saranko at 100-1. to one. She's got Putin save in the first round, then probably a tired Elise Mertens, then probably a tired and or injured Simona Halep. So another chance if you've got a cash-out book or, you know, you're good about being careful on the hedges, um, another opportunity to grab some value and I think get it back later on. What do you think about those two plays as just kind of higher odds, knowing that you're going to hedge a couple rounds in or, or something like that? Uh, two things. One, you're only going to be able to watch Kiki in one match um, before she make Kenan because she has the buy. So she'd be playing the winner of Kuzmova and Para. I don't know how much you'll really glean from that. But if she was able to win, then you can go for a very big hedge against what's most likely will be Petra. And maybe Kuzmova. it's even a good... So. Don't mind that at yeah, all. Yeah, it might be a good opportunity to do what I kind of talked about last Let's week. See. Instead of doing the outright, just open it up. A th- I might actually just do this even, in, in fact, for both of them. I'm going to open up um, money line parlays with two open spots. You know, put their money line in for round one and do that. Yeah, I might do a three-teamer there and just hope that she meets yeah, Burton. Yeah, I, I think that is what I'm going to end up doing, actually. It's, um, you know, cash-out books are great if you guys have access to that. If you've got Bet365 or something like Which that. don't. Um, that's a really good option. For those that don't, I think it might be good to, you know, you get two open parlays. I would say take the money line Sorenko round one and two open spots and the money line for Kennan round one and two open spots. Sorenko uh, one, I'm really worried you about. You are. You were talking to me about that a little bit. Even with the fatigue, I think that I think that Elise is just, even with the fatigue, I, I, there's not a lot of travel involved. Um, I just, I, I don't see how Sorenko beats Mertens here. That's interesting. I mean, it had to be just completely fatigued. I just don't see matchup wise. That's, that's essentially my whole handicap for it at this point. I just think there's some value in there because there's a chance she even just withdraws from this week. I'll see. It was it was a tough match today. No, no she won't withdraw. Yeah, it's too many maybe. points. Yeah, I don't think she will. Halop, I think, would have a better chance of withdrawing if you know if she ends up being you know hurt like we were kind of speculating there earlier in the pod during the recap section. Uh, but I don't think Mertens will withdraw at all. I think that she'll more likely do a Petra where she loses after a couple of rounds. But I don't think – I mean, maybe Sorenko because she is very consistent. But That's what I mean. I, I get a chance to have a consistent, I just don't think healthy will be that fatigued at that point. But that's it. I think that she'll get an easy match against the qualifier, Lin Zhu, who I'm really, to be honest, I'm not really that familiar with. So I think she should probably beat her pretty easily. And then um, – I don't know if the fatigue will necessarily kick in yet. You know, if we were going to use Petra as an example, you know, she didn't lose till I think her third match in St. Petersburg. It's not like you show up completely tired. And like I said, the travel isn't that far. So, you know, it's not like the situations we were describing last week where they're going from Europe to the, to the Middle East. That is true. Um, but yeah, yeah we'll see how it works. Goes. I'll probably do two of those. And like I said, grab Sabalenka. So from an outright perspective. I mean, if one of them works... If you go one and one, oh, on that, you'll be profitable um, for sure. I mean, let's see how it goes. But um, so from an outright perspective, I got Sabalenka twelve to one. You've got Svitolina ten to one. Kvitova seven to one. I'll jump on board with some Kvitova at seven to one as well. So three good outrights there. Any other names you want to touch on before we start diving into some first round matchups? No, I want to go to the first Very round. Excited matches. about this. Is there one in particular you want to start with? Yep, Muguruza. Yes, very exciting. What do you think? Yaz has beat her two times in a row. I know I didn't think that she was able to do it last time, and I thought we got a good price because of the earlier um, the win at the end of 2018. But I'm a believer in Yastremska now. Um, I think for whatever reason she's matching up well with her, um, and I think this is a great first round match. And I will. I haven't decided yet because it's minus 140. Um, so I don't know if I'll be playing it, but I definitely circled that match. As, I was as staring and staring and staring and staring at that. Um, I'm seeing Muguruza plus 110. Oh, God, that's such a good number. But it's like you said, it, it's, it's the exact same discussion we had the last time she played Yastremska. Um, I think she was minus 110 or it was just a little bit of juice he had to pay to get her. And we were excited I mean, when was the last time we, we saw Garbine and we really felt that she was playing the best? I thought she was pretty good in the Australian Open. I mean, did it even happen in 2018? I'm thinking it's like 2017 is the last time I really 
Remember her That's like kind of peaking. I could have a bad memory. Take a here, look. But... I thought she played some good matches at the Australian Open. Um, you know, that win against Conta was pretty impressive. She uh, beat the pants off Bischinski. Yeah, I mean, Conte, I, I think Conta's I mean, good. I know you guys rag on her all the time, but no, she's a good player. But I'm just saying. I mean, this is Govi Muguruza, Grand Slam champion. You know, and uh, I, I don't see the same form that was catapulted in her Grand Slam wins. Um, in her I guess at the right end now. of the day, it's for me, it's Muguruza or pass. Um, I don't know. I, I can't bring myself to lay this much juice playing against um, someone that could come out and, and play it at, at just a really, really high level. But it is an absolutely fascinating match. It sounds like you're you're looking for the chance to take Yastrzemska, maybe parlay her with somebody else. I'm going to take Yastrzemska. I'll either do the spread or I will um, add her in a money line parlay. Um, the spreads aren't out yet on the book I was using. They only add the money lines. Um but yeah, I like Yaz here. I'm gonna ride the streak. All right, I'll probably end up staying away from this. Um, take a look at it from a total perspective. Twenty-two games. I am gonna smash that under. That is gonna go way under. This is two sets. It's gonna be nice and neat. Either Muguruza comes out as a top level and blows away the younger player, or Muguruza show the other Muguruza shows up and packs it in. So under twenty-two is the bet there for me. But. Um, don't mind you, your Stremska bet on. Let's see what else we've got here in the first round. We have another seven and a half game spread here. Um, Al Nabhani playing Kiki Maldanovic here in the first round. And, and last week, I know that Jorge and I spent some time and, and you going back and forth around how there was actually some value in minus seven with Stritzova. Um, I think actually I feel the other way here. Plus seven and a half games against Kiki Maldenovich. Should Kiki Maldenovich be a seven and a half game favorite against anybody? What do you think? Yes. <laughs> I think this is the type of match that, that Kiki... Uh, I think it's going to be a good get-right match for her. I, I, I almost feel like the handicap we did last week is almost the same. Um, obviously, last week when we did it, we had a more consistent player in Stritzova. But... Um. Yeah, I think it's either I would either lay it or I wouldn't play it. I I, I don't, I'm not interested in taking. I think I'm going to put here. probably half a unit on the plus seven and a half. Um, like you said, Stritzova is a, a better player. I don't have nearly the faith in the consistency of, of Kiki. I don't see her coming out and really focusing on getting a six two six two. I mean, unless she gives away service games, I I think she covers. So it's, it's, she's got to win six two six two. Um. I don't know. Yeah. I think I can get a 6-3. she did throw a 6-0 Yeah, I guess there. so. You could get a 6-1 or a 6-0 or something. Yeah. I think I can get a 6-3 or a 6-4 at some point. We'll see. I'll, I'll be thinking about that one. Um, the next one here that I had pulled up, um, Savasov is playing Shea. Um, God, what a boring match this is going to be. Watch the two of them just smack the ball back and forth at each other over and over again. What do you think, Spread? Over or under two hours? You don't like that. You don't want to see the two crafty people. It's, go it'll at be it. interesting to watch. There'll be some fun shots and some cool angles, and um, but at some point, it's just going to be just too many long rallies after too many long rallies. I expect there'll be several points where they stand, <laughs> you sound uh, just like my dad. hitting the ball right back and forth. My dad doesn't like watching Clay for that very. Just, same they're going to be standing, just hitting the ball back and forth <laughs> each other, like right in the middle. It's not even going to be like they're moving left to right. Like I think we're going to see a couple passes where it's just. I, mean, I, I don't know. So, do you have any angle here? Um, Sevastova's minus three and a half. She's a pretty big yeah, favorite. Yeah, I think Sevastova's a much better player than Shea. I think she's a better I version agree too. of her. And I think that at the end, uh, her serve, it, it, she's going to be able to hold serve so much easier. Uh, I, I think this is a – I think Sevastova's All a right, nice player. All right, 205, maybe you can link her in with um, with Yastrzemska. I, m- I imagine that gets you to a nice plus money there. Uh, Absolutely. Oh yeah, it would. I don't have any real feelings there. I hate betting on Savastova. Uh, she's just hard for me to watch and cheer for. And she just oof, I'm going to I'm going to skip it all together, but I certainly don't mind it as a parlay piece. I think you're right. I think everything that Shay does, Savastova does and better. Um, next match I have up here, Al- Alize Cornet playing Timmy Tamea Babos. Now, I, I was pretty excited to jump on Babos here, but um, it seems like the markets moved pretty heavily towards Cornette when we started talking about this this morning, this afternoon. Babos was plus 180. She's now plus 230. What do you think here, Spread? It's any... Why? I, I, why is, did it she, move? She must, is she injured or something? I want to know who's putting on Cornette. Right. What, who made um, those why? couple big bets? 
It's not like you're getting this great price. And even money, I could say, okay, well, yeah, I could see you understand that Cornet could win. Um, you know, Jorge had mentioned to us when he was be wearing, you know, us to not go too heavy on this, that Cornet does have the movement and uh, the defensive skills to maybe, uh, you know, befuddle the, the slower Babos. But at that price, I don't, I don't see how you – I don't see how we're going to avoid a wager. I'll be honest, this match didn't stand out to me until you until you brought it up. But then once you brought it up, reading your discussions and then going over, you know, the information you provided with, for me and, you know, kind of taking a deeper look at it, I, I don't see any reason why Absolutely. we wouldn't take I'm battles. I'm put here. at least probably half a unit on that money line and grab the spread. I honestly think maybe there's some injury fatigue. Maybe she's going to end up withdrawing between now and, and the first round tomorrow. Um uh, it's, that's so strange. It was, but what would that? Where would the? I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I think that. She I don't know. I think maybe week, she's she? injured or something. Maybe she's sick. She got a cold. I, I have no idea. When did she? I, get nev- I never I see a, a market yeah. open this open this weird and then move. That I think much. the Cornet is just a bigger name. Yeah, but uh, I think the Cornet is just I don't a bigger know. name. I mean, we'll see if she comes out and plays the first round, but. That's just a strange, strange number to me. So I'll be grabbing the the, the money line again for yeah. about half a unit. I'll put a full unit on the spread. I'm seeing plus four even. I'll actually search around and see if I can get a four and a half. Maybe even if I have to pay a little bit more juice, maybe like a one twenty four and a half. I'd be just fine with that. Let's see. And right after that, I'm looking. We've got Kamlyanovich playing Sai Sai Zhang. Kamlyanovich, a pretty big favorite. I guess that feels about right. What do you think, spread? Minus four games, minus 275. Yep, I think that one's yeah, priced right. Yeah, she probably right. has a decent parlay piece. I think she'll win, but I don't see. Yeah, I, I, you think so? I think that's the right price. I say you stay away probably. from that altogether. That seems like it's the, I think it's priced okay. properly. I don't see how you're going to do it I don't, I don't disagree. I just, I think there's a pretty good chance Kamlyanovich wins. But you're right, 275 is probably a little too, too rich to, to really do anything with, but... Um, yeah, I don't see an edge. Another there. interesting line: Kuzmova only minus one forty against Bernarda Para. Someone who, you know, from a, a talent standpoint, I would say Kuzmova is much better. But I'm actually going to pull this up right now. I think it was Jorge that was saying Kuzmova has a terrible record against lefties. Oh yeah, you have to pull that yeah, up. I'm, I'm not aware this up of that. Right now, our wonderful friends at tennisabstract.com um, are nice enough to tag every single player left and right-handed um so let's see st petersburg lost to bonaventure lefty um in a smaller tournament in poitiers um lost to russ a Rus, a lefty um in wuhan lost to Xiu wang the worser of the x wangs um again another lefty and lost to para in guangzhou um to start the season here it's or no i'm sorry that's at the end of last year and guangzhou lost two three to, to para um now before that has has some positive wins but mostly against much much lower ranked players but really any left-handed player ranked in the top 100 or 150 really or so um, has given her a lot of trouble so that's interesting but i don't know what do you think minus 140 that's that's a really nice price i i I don't know. I think I'm going to have to put that with something. Uh, I would, I would go para with the information you just provided. <laughs> I would take the plus All money. Right, well, then maybe I'll end up passing on it. It's, it's odd. That's that's one of the things. I, I guess maybe talk about that a little bit more. How do you think about that and um, you know matching up how people play against handedness? What is that? You know, someone that's played tennis. What what's different when you play someone that's left-handed? That's so confusing. Uh, I personally liked it, but that was just due to my, like, you know, strengths and weaknesses. But the main problem is that when you do your forehand cross court, I mean, you do your backhand cross court, you're going into their forehand. And so what is traditionally your weaker shot is going to, you know, what's traditionally their stronger shot. So your choice is either to, to rally with your weaker shot going against their stronger shot or go for the tougher shot, you know, down the line or, or down the middle. And uh, I think it throws a lot of people off. I think also on the return game, being able to be pulled out wide on the ad court um, for right-handers is, is a lot more distressing because I know on my right-hand side, I can stretch a lot farther. Um, so I think that it's a, you have a tendency to get a lot of weaker returns on the ad 
on the odd side against lefties. And, you know, as we know, the odd side's where the games are decided. Oh, that's so, interesting. Well, maybe that uh, will be a stay away from me. I'll, I'll remember. I'll put that on the list. I'll ask Jorge what he thinks about that tomorrow as well. Um, that's an interesting little little piece of something, okay. especially for somebody like me. Um, I think I'm going to skip the Belinda Benchich match. She's minus 500, minus five games against someone whose name I've never seen before. Um, Who's Radeka? Haradeka? H-R-A-D-E-C-K-A? Oh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen her be before. Just fine. Yeah, that line's probably about right. That line's probably now, about You were right. telling me before we got started that uh, Yulia Putinseva has a chance to beat Lesia Sarenko, so you must be jumping all over the plus four games and the plus 150. What do you think? No, just because she has a chance doesn't mean I'm going to bet it. I'm just saying it wouldn't be that crazy because Putinseva is such an erratic player. If you get, you know, her at her best, she can definitely beat Sarenko. But, I mean, how many times is she going to come out at her best? Like one out of two, one out of ten, two out of ten times? I mean, she's not, she hasn't been playing that way lately. Um, so I have no reason to think that she would do it. But, you know, if she shows up and plays her best, I think she wins. I just, only, I don't think, I don't I only think it happens, you know, 20% of the time. Okay. Well, I, I thought I had you there because I think Sorenko takes takes care of business. No, I'm not going to. I think I'm actually probably going to parlay Sorenko with something at minus one ninety. I think there's actually a little bit of value there. I, I think she's just a much better player. Um, Daria Kasatkina is playing this week, um, and I think she's actually going to have to play some tennis. Uh, hopefully, whoever she's playing isn't going to withdraw her, so she gets a nice easy walkover again. Um, you going to watch spread? Do we think we're going to get to see her play some, some tennis? Is the real Daria Kasatkina going to show up? I mean, is this a test for her or what? I mean, if she can't beat Magdalena Freck, or, I mean, <laughs> what does that state say about the state of, of, of Kasatkina right now? Um, I, I mean, there's no such thing as a must-win in tennis, but it, it's getting pretty close for her. Because um, this season has has not been what we expected from her. You know, she really ended um, the year strong last year, and and we really thought this could be a time for her to go ahead and make the move. We thought you know improve her serve in the off season and and hit the course ready to roll. But she seemed to really regress. So, um, you know, hopefully this will be like the match I was mentioning with Mladenovic. Hopefully it's a get right match, and uh, you know without the extra pressure of having to be perfect on every point, she can relax, get into a rhythm, and maybe. Uh, maybe find herself again and be the uh, Kasekina that we saw at the end of the year, the one that we thought, you know, was going to jump into the top ten. So definitely will be uh, have my eye on this match. So looking at her year so far, this is pitiful. Um, loses to Bur- Kimmy Burrell in Brisbane. Loses to Sasnovich in Sydney. Loses to um, Bishinsky in the Australian Open. Actually gets bageled in the second set there. Shows up to St. Petersburg where she has a bye. Then Maria Sharapova withdraws in the round of 16 for one of Kasatkina's only advances of the year so far. She then goes in the next round and loses to Vera Zvonareva. She did win a match in the Fed Cup against a woman named Karen Barbot from Denver. Don't, or I'm sorry, Denver, Denmark. Uh, again, I'm <laughs> not sure really who that is, but gosh, it's um, what a fall from grace for Daria Kasatkina. Hopefully, like you said, we get to see her kind of get, get back into it. Um, have you had a chance to watch her at all? Is there anything that you've maybe seen from her this year that stuck out to you as, as problematic? Well, when you're a player that bases their game off consistency and you can't consistently hit the ball in, there's not really a lot you can do. That's true. So, you have to hit the ball in. Um, that's basically just what I've seen is, you know, she's used to, you know, the wall, the defensive player, you know, Simona Halep, Wozniacki, Kerber style, and uh, she just hasn't been able to hit the ball in. So we'll see. So, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're a defensive player and you can't be consistent, right, this, you can't This really will be win. a match we have circled, not necessarily for the best reasons, but we'll see how it goes. Um the next match, I'm excited. I, I've got a bet here. Um, Sarah Arani, an underdog to uh, Jorovic. Uh, what do you think there? Is that surprising to you? It was surprising to me that that was the dynamic. I, I thought the other the other woman would be favored. And why is that? Why, why would um, you think that? Let me just pull up some results here. Um, you know, Jorovic hasn't done too much. Um, when I look at her performances last year, so, so really, really rough numbers. Um, 
you know, not too bad at the ITF challenger level, 14 and four at that level, but playing an average rank at 267. Sarah Ronnie hasn't played a ton of tennis in the last couple of years, but when she plays, she wins, you know, six and two at the WTA level, winning, you know, on average, averaging plus 3.8 games against a rank of 81. That's, those are really impressive numbers in what is a small sample size, but, um, She's played a match already this year in the Fed Cup, so she's had a chance to warm up. I, I just think it's it's clearly one of these two women is much better than the other, and it's not Ivana Djorovic. Yeah, I mean, I can I can subscribe to that line of thinking. I'll tell you what, this match did not jump out to me, um, just because honestly, I haven't watched either player this year at all. I haven't seen either any of their matches. So, as far as like betting on form and not just going off pure numbers. Um, I don't really see an edge, but when you explain it that way, you know, um, basically just level of competition is what I'm hearing and what you're telling me um, is the reason that you favor her. I mean, it's definitely true. I mean, you just, you know, I pulled up there, got a little head-to-head right here, and um, obviously Ronnie's been playing much tougher players, but I would not be surprised if Jorovich won this. I know that Ronnie had the suspension, which is why she was off for a while. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised, but at this price, um, you know, Jorovic is minus one ninety, uh, so that's that's just dumb to me. I, I don't understand why any any player would be more than minus one twenty here. So at plus one fifty five, I'm happy to take the dog. I I would guess that it's it's the activity factor. So just pulling this up, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight matches for Jorvish in 2019. I only have one match for Arani, which is a loss uh, to Belinda Benchik at the set, at the Fed Cup. So I would think that uh, it's because of rust. And uh, Jorvich had to qualify here, so she's already played two matches on these courts. Well, that's interesting. I think I'll be grabbing Arani, and I hope you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Next one up, we've got Jeannie Bouchard playing Vera Lapko. Um, Jeannie Bouchard having a great year. She's minus 175. That feels about right to me. What do you think? Yep. I'm staying away yeah. from this one. Jeannie started off really good, and then, and then I don't know. This, I'm really not sure what to make another- of her. And Lapko hasn't been playing very well at all, so I don't see I don't see any underdog um, potential here at all. I have no interest in backing Lapko, but... This might be another um, underspot. I'm staying away from Genie. Yeah, I'm right seeing now. under 21 and a half. It's pretty juicy, but I'm going to sit and spend a long time thinking about that number. The under might be a good play because whoever wins might win fairly Feels like a relatively quick two-setter to me, but I'll give that some more thought. The next match, I think you did have an opinion here. Barbara Stritzova playing Carlos Suarez Navarro. Who do you like? That's a play I've already released at CSN. I can't believe I'm only getting minus 125 here. To me, this should be like minus 175, minus 180. Uh, Stritzva is obviously a very talented player uh, with a lot of tools in her toolbox, but um, CSN is just a consistent player. She's a fighter. You know what you're going to get from her. Um, you know She's always trying hard, and I think that she just has uh, the tools and the consistency uh, to beat Stritzova, I think that this is a match where her speed advantage and her court coverage really will be the difference. Um, as we saw earlier when we, we discussed this, uh, CSN's head-to-head is very favorable, but be warned, a lot of those matches are old. Only two of them are within the last three years. But I think it just it just goes to illustrate how, how favorable the matchup is for CSN, uh, her consistency, and her superior court coverage. Shui Zhang playing Annette Contivate. Um, Contivate minus 160. That feels about right to me. Um, feels kind of like it's going to be maybe a junky sort of match. I, I just don't like watching Annette Contivate play, but minus 160 feels about right. <laughs> I, that's funny. I love watching her play. Uh, you guys love her. I don't get it. I'm happy to bet against her. I'm happy <laughs> to bet against her. So for me, this is a stay away. I don't know if you have a side, a side or a total or an angle here. I would put Contivate in a parlay, but um, I'm not necessarily knocking down right. the door to do it. We got Vekic playing Jabor. Vekic minus 220. I think we finally, the market's finally repriced right. itself on Jabor. <laughs> um, we've been getting some nice prices betting against yeah. her, and I think things have finally settled in. That number looks just about perfect to me. Elise Mertens minus five games, yep. minus 385 against Lin Zhu. That looks just about fine to me. Um, uh, my only suggestion yep. would be is if you're thinking about the minus five on Mertens, instead maybe take a look at the under 19 and a half. Um, 
you get a win there at six four six three instead of just a push and you know just in case Mertens comes out not totally feeling great or interested um, she'll probably go down quicker rather than than longer but probably a stay away from me um, Wozniacki Stoser Wozniacki a big favorite here minus five hundred minus five games any thoughts on this match spread and that was Wozniacki Wozniacki. If Woz shows up in form, I mean, she rolls. So I'm, I wouldn't bet on this match. No, I. I mean, if you're taking Stozer, you're just assuming that Wozniacki's not 100% healthy, and we have nothing to indicate her health one way or the other. I don't see where you can find an edge here. I stay away from that. Well, I don't. This is really more important than whatever we're talking about. It seems like for the three point shootout here, they've had a bunch of old retired players come out to shoot. I just watched Del Curry go one for five from three. We got Ray Allen here. Um, not doing <laughs> so hot. Has he made one yet? No, I don't think so. This is pretty rough. Um, that's for some reason it's always fun for me watching kind of the old guys play. Um, yep, yeah, I think Ray. Yep, Ray Allen just went over five. Um, a very out of shape. Who is this? God, I wish I could figure it out. Anyway, what a fantastic idea. I like watching these old guys play. Um, next match I've got up: Jakupovic plus five and a half games plus three fifty playing Zarina Dias. All right, spread. Why shouldn't I take a loan out? for just about as much money as I can find and back the truck up on plus five and a half and plus 350. Um, Jakupovic didn't even win in qualifying. <laughs> she's a lucky loser to get here. Diaz traditionally does well on hard courts. And um, if she's serving well, um, I think she, she wins this match. So plus five, I do like it. But um, I wouldn't go more than one unit on this. I don't see the huge edge that you guys see here. I know that you guys don't rate Diaz that high but if you look at Diaz's career this is what she does she beats the players she should beat um, and then she struggles against the top players so um, you know I, I'm actually looking at the plus five myself and but uh, I like Diaz more here. it's interesting it's what I'm seeing in Diaz's results fits your story she beat the player of average rank 77 loses to a player of average rank 39 so I think kind of like that. That kind of makes some sense to me. Maybe um, I won't take out a big loan and back the truck up, but five and a half games—that's too many. Um, yeah, I see. I can understand. You, yeah, throw a unit on it, but yeah, I wouldn't go crazy. All right, on that fine. One. Julia Gorgeous playing Allison Risk. Gorgeous, a big favorite here. Minus two eighty, minus four games. I don't have any really feelings either way. How about you? I think minus two eighty is a little low. You could throw in a parlay if you fine want. Fine by me. Sybil Kova's got Arabur. Arabarena. We need Jorge for this kind of stuff. Um, Sybil Kova, a big favorite, minus yeah. 475, minus five and a half. That uh, sounds fine to me. Maybe I'll take the under 19 here. I'm staying away. I think on that one, Sybil Kova hasn't really been playing that well so far this no, year. No, that's so. true. It's probably a good spot to um, avoid. I would not be int- I would not be interested in backing Sybil Kova there, although I'm not too keen on fading her there. So... Let's keep an eye on it. And if she doesn't play well here, then we'll be looking to fade her moving forward. Totally agree. Cannon Buzarnescu. Cannon minus 180, minus three games. We talked about her in the outright section a little bit. Um, I love Cannon. I like Cannon, too. I think at minus 180, I'll be parlaying her and maybe even grabbing the minus three as well. I like the spread. Yeah, I like the spread here. Minus three. I think you released Pavel Yuchenkova over Garcia. Is that true? I love it. And I'm just going on form here. Pavel Yuchenkova has been playing fairly well, and Garcia hasn't been playing well at all. Um, I like I like Pavs here. I kind of do too. I don't I don't know what to do with Garcia this year. Did you pull up their head to head? No, I did not. I did earlier. I think it's kind of favorable. Let me refresh my memory. Um, Why you're talking about this? Joe Harris makes five out of five on the All Money Ball rack to put up twenty five in the first round. Anybody following me? Feeling really good with Joe Harris. I think we got eight, like eight and a quarter to one or something. Um, I know you're really excited for Joe Harris too, spread. <laughs> he pisses me off. He uh, when I go against the Nets, he always has a big first quarter. Pavlyuchenkova is three to one head to head, but uh, Garcia won their most recent uh, match, and that was in Tokyo. <laughs> and that might have been the last time that we really saw Garcia playing well. Yeah, Garcia is such an unknown for me. I'm probably going to stay away. But if you're confident in Pavlyuchenkova like you are at minus 115, I have absolutely no qualms. That's a good enough price. Um, 
Oh, I got it. It must have minus 125. It must have moved. Oh, well, that's a shame. Um, yeah, it looks like it moved yeah. just a little bit. I got 115 at Bovada. Not too excited. It's not a huge move, but definitely a move. Um, Ostapenko, minus 155 against Brady. Looks kind of cheap. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, it does look a little cheap. I, think I, really I don't know how I don't parlay her with something. It's Let me just pull up the numbers here for Jennifer Brady. I think Brady. she's 1-0 against Brady lifetime but i think it was when she was playing better. yeah I, I think you're right i think um at one minus 155 maybe i'll put her in like a little half unit something or other but that'll be interesting and then the final match i've got a line here for katarina siniakova playing petra martich pretty much even up minus 110 i've got pet martich at minus 115 what do you think okay am i just tell me how martich wins here how what do the numbers say about this i to me it seems like siniakova is, is a nice play here but martich is a solid player what do the numbers say when if we're looking at this match at a purely numerical standpoint it's tough um siniakova has a better competition you know faces average rank 50 versus martich is 95 um but martich much more impressive in in the matches that she's played you know against that average Competition and average rank of ninety five. She averages plus two point one games. Where Cindy Kova's pretty much break even against um, the top fifty. Um, so it's you know from a numbers perspective, I can actually see some optimism for Martich here. She did withdraw, I believe, from the last tournament. Um, and Cindy Kova is a tough player to handicap because you know how talented she is from a doubles perspective. So at any point that could kind of um, really link in and, and get going from a singles perspective. I'm going to stay away from this, but um, I don't begrudge anybody for taking Siniakova. And speaking of doubles, did you see who Siniakova will be playing doubles with this week? You know, I, I don't think I did. Who's who's uh, who's playing doubles with spread? She is going to team up with Jelena Ostapenko to fame to form my favorite doubles team of all time. I can't believe they're playing together. This oh is so awesome. Oh my god, you're going to watch so, so many excited. doubles matches. This is going to be sick. <laughs> I'm I so can't excited. Wait. Oh my gosh, this is, you know what? This Can is you it. This imagine is how Ostapenko gets back. Uh, it's I I can. I think it's going to be great. It sounds like a great team. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm really happy for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that's all I've got for the first round here. Anything else you want to mention before we move on? Um, I'll recap our outrights and some of our first round looks here, but anything else? No, I think we hit every match. Yeah, I think we did. Um, so from an outright I mean, We didn't go over the buys, but other than that, we got everything. That's true. Um, so from an outright perspective, we've got Svitolina at 10-1, Kvitova at 7-1, and I'm taking some Sabalanka at 12-1. From a first round perspective, you know, we'll be tweeting all these things out. Um I'm just scrolling through My here. Two first Actually, you know what? If you want to see our I'm first round sure picks, on. follow us on Twitter. You can find spread at yeah. spread Astaire. I'll go ahead and say myself my at now, underscore though. noobs. Go ahead. Uh, let's say I'm definitely taking CSN minus one twenty five minus one twenty. I've already put that one in, and I'm definitely taking Pavlyuchenkova at minus one twenty five. I've already put that one in. Hey, I'll be on Arani. I'll be on. And Bob I'm gonna Ocean go ahead and I'll more. end up doing Kenan minus three as well. There you go. All right. Well, I think that's just about it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back tomorrow, actually, um, spreading myself, pre- previewing Budapest, and hopefully Jorge will be with us. Um, you know, hopefully he gets to sleep at a reasonable hour tonight, and he'll be fresh and good to go. Um, well, we can get Budapest done tomorrow. So talk to you guys soon. All right. Good luck in all your wagers.